Muscle Science for Women. Welcome, everybody. You know what time it is. I'm to Welcome to the pod. Time to talk to your favorite podcast co-hosts, Ashley and Rachel, back again, full of sass and caffeine and protein as yes. per. Yeah, uh, all of that. Just we, drink and eat all that. We started going off on a bit of a tangent, and then Rachel was like, start recording so we don't miss good stuff that we're going to talk about. But we do have plenty. We've got some good questions that came in and some things that are going on in life. Um, the first one, I guess, being my new fitness goal, because why not? Right. Why not? I posted about it the other day. So we <laughs> thought we'd chat about it on the podcast. But your girl has decided to run a 10K. Don't ask. Actually, that's the whole point. We're going to talk about it. So I'm doing it. I'm asking. Yeah. I would like to know all the reasons and yeah. all the things. Yeah. The first the question. The first question when someone says, I want to run at all is why. And, you know, usually there's a compelling reason. So basically I'm doing this 10 K because it all started. I'll try to tell the story pretty quickly for those who may not be that interested, but anybody who's kind of into goal setting, you know, you can just extrapolate the story. But, um, so my husband is more of a runner. He's always been like a very good, like endurance athlete and stuff like that. And, you know, now we live in this beautiful place with all of these like ocean side trails and so much hiking. And it's just like a beautiful area to really like be outside and be experiencing nature that way. So he's been doing some running and he signed up for this trail run and then got COVID two days before and got really sick and couldn't do it. So he was sad about it. So he was looking into some other runs and he found this 10 K trail run that is on my birthday. And he was like, you should do it too as like a fun, cool. And I'm like, your definition of fun is very different than most people's. But, but anyway, he was like, I want to do it. It could be a cool, you know, you're looking for something to do. Like it could be a cool little challenge for you. You've got a couple months to run and build up some, you know, endurance and stuff. And, uh, so I'm doing it and it's going to be it's going to be feisty because it's a trail run, which, you know, it's going to be hilly. It's going to be like in the woods. I'm going to be navigating like rocks and roots instead of like a road race, mm -hmm. which initially I was like, that'll make it more fun. It'll also make it harder. It'll also make it slower, which I kind of liked because I feel like it'll take the pressure off me to try to run a 10K quickly because it's like, I'm in a, I'm on a hill, guys. Don't, it's going to be slow. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the thing about the end of January here is like, we moved recently to get away from the extreme cold of certain parts of Canada, but it's still Canada. And so the end of January here could be, you know, it could be cold. It could be zero degrees and no snow, or it could be a foot of snow and a blizzard. Like, I have no idea. We don't know. And they're not canceling it unless it's like extreme conditions, which for here means like really extreme. Like basically we will run if it's snowing, if it's hail, yeah. like if it's, we'll run it. So anyway, so I'm doing it because it's, I, you know, I've been looking for a challenge. I've been looking for something that he and I can do together because, you know, pre-kid, we got to spend a lot more time together and, and exercise together and all of those things. And I was saying like on, on Instagram the other day that, and I don't know if how you feel about this or if you kind of relate to this or do this too, but it's fun to do 
the, the fitness things that we like and that we're good at. That's always fun. And I'm not somebody who's like, you need to hammer your weaknesses. I'm like, if you like doing, if you like squats, if you like doing pull-ups all day, if you like a certain sport, do that because it's fun and life is short. Right. Mm -hmm. But I, I do Mm. think there's value sometimes to training and working at things you are not naturally good at. Um, and it's humbling to work hard to just barely be kind of okay at something. And that's how I feel about running. And that's why I've, I've kind of dipped in and out of running throughout my life. Like I've run two, two marathons. Mm -hmm. I've done some of these things before purely for the mental toughness that it brings. And also generally the like bonding that I get with the person that I'm training with. Cause it's, you're just spending a lot of time together and it's cool. Um, but I like it for that. Like I'm working hard at this to like, just barely do it. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's hard in a way that working out is not like lifting weights is not for me, even when it is hard, it's hard in a different way, you know? Um, and it's just good sometimes to inject a little bit of cardiovascular training in your life. Like I'm not, I'm not training. I'm not running five days a week. I might go for two runs a week. Like, and I'm not trying to train to do this super fast. Like I want to do it and I want to not hurt myself and I want to do the best I can and I want to be prepared, but I know it's going to suck and it's going to be hard. And I'm kind of just looking forward to it. So, um, Mm -hmm. and then like I was saying, I'm going to crush so many donuts afterwards (laughs) because there is something about, you know, we talk all the time about don't use exercise as punishment. Don't use food as, as reward. But I mean, your birthday is kind of a different story, right? Yeah. And it will just feel extra nice when I know I've worked so hard to just go fill up all those glycogen stores yeah. with delicious donuts afterwards. So anyway, that's my plan. And I've got, a, like I said, I've got a few months to do it. It's starting to get cold here. So like I'm already training in colder weather. I went for a, like a 5k yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I I'll, you know, I guess share how, if any, like my training or my food is kind of changing, but basically I'm just going to, I think I'm going to start with like two runs a week, like a shorter one and a longer one, maybe one that's more like hill focused. Cause that's a skill I have to like yeah. figure out how to run in that kind of environment. Cause it's harder. Um, but yeah, so that's what I'm doing. Honestly, I'm jealous. You can't do that kind of running around where you live, right? It's not yeah, really. And just in general, like I obviously I haven't been running in a while, but I used to love running to a degree. Like it was mm. one of those things with the love hate relationship. Right. Um, yeah. so I did triathlons all throughout college. Um, but there is something about like going out on a run and just like, like once you're a little bit in the first, for me, it's always like the first miles, like, why the hell am I doing this? And then after that, just like, okay, cool. Like you're getting your head, you're just like enjoying it, you know, endorphins and all that jazz mm-hmm. are running through your veins. But I am jealous because I actually like have thought many times over the past few months about getting back into running, especially because the weather's like really nice in San Diego Mm -hmm. Um, and it's starting to become like fall and like fall. So Mm -hmm. like not 80 degrees every day, but like 70, 60, Mm -hmm. um, which is still nice. But every time, like the last two, two or three years, every time I try to like pick up running again, it's like I get, I get a week in and my back just like, it's just like, no, like you can't. Um, and then it just prevents me from doing like, it sets me back like months in the gym, just like lifting in general. So I'm super jealous because I basically can't do long distance runs anymore. I'm gonna, I was thinking about it last week, just like trying again to like, just kind of get back out there, start 
probably like on the treadmill where it's, you know, like not like concrete. So it's like a little bit less impact, but yeah, it's, it sucks. So that's I'm jealous. <laughs> I mean, truly like that's, it's yours. What you're talking about is how I feel about so much of like the upper body stuff while I'm like rehabbing or trying to rehab mm. my shoulder. And it's like one of these things where it's this fight between like, give yourself some grace. You've had injuries. You're getting older. You don't have to do all the hard things you used to do, whatever. And then also, but I'm not dead and I'm not old. And I want to do yeah. these things that I used to like to do. And I like my goal before this, I wanted to like shoulder press like 115 pounds or something. I love that stuff. I love that just like beast mode, upper body, whatever. And like my yeah. shoulder's not letting me do it. But to your point, like you, you know, you've had this, this back issue for a while and you, you do like rehab stuff and you work on it, but mm -hmm. like, have you ever talked with anybody or tried to work on like sports specific? Like, for example, I want to start running again and my back won't let me, what can I do specifically to like fix whatever the mechanical problem is that's, that's hurting mm -hmm. my back when I run? Like, do you think that that's something you could actually fix? Or do you think there's a part of it that's like mm -hmm. my back kind of just sucks now for running? I'm sure if like I wanted to adamantly like run a marathon or something and get into like training for that, like I could do all the stuff to like get back to that. Um, to some degree, I actually don't really know the answer, but for me, it's like the running is just an extra thing. So right now, because I've been feeling so good in the gym, like I haven't had any lower back issues, like for probably like four to five months. Um, I'm kind of like riding. Yeah. Knock on wood. I'm kind of yeah. riding that wave now. And I'm like, I don't want to necessarily do anything to mess that up. Cause last time I tried to run, it was like, again, it just flared it up. And then it took me like a month or two to get back into doing like RDLs and stuff like that. So yeah. that's one, one piece of it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Well, well, I think actually one other thing too, is that I have been doing a lot and we talked about this on the previous podcast. I have been doing a lot more unilateral training, um, so a lot more focusing in on like, like the B stance RDL, that's something that I've been progressing week to week. And I have like seen so like every single week, I just see so much progress there in terms of my right side versus my left. When I first started, my right glute meat has always been weaker than my left. And so from the beginning, I was like struggling the first few weeks. I was like, I could barely, like I could do mo like more than not more than half, but almost more than half on my left side than my right. And now I'm like almost equal after a few months. So I feel like that is also like the stronger I'm getting here is also going to contribute to the lower back stuff and actually in a positive way. So who knows, maybe because I've strengthened that one side, it's kind of helping to balance things out. And then maybe if I get into running, it'll be all better, yeah. but I'm just nervous about that. So yeah, yeah, we'll see. I I'll try you. it out. And we, We've talked before too about doing some kind of like group triathlon where like, you know, one of us does one thing instead of yeah. all of us doing all of it. Cause that sucks. Yeah. Um, and you, you were, you said biking, right? Biking is my favorite part. Biking, yeah. then running, then swimming was my least favorite. Yeah. And swimming's <laughs> my most favorite yeah. and then probably running and then biking. <laughs> so that works yeah. out. So we won't have to fight about that. We'll just have to find somebody who will do the third thing. But anyway, that's a conversation for another time. But yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll just keep you posted on how it goes. Again, I'm not going to be the most like intense, like, you know, training for this. I do. I do have like the Strava app now. Do you, do you ever use that Strava? This no, app? I've never used it before, but I've heard of it. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's just very good. It's just like really easy to like track your runs and know exactly where you went. And it will tell you the elevation. It'll tell you your fastest Mm -hmm. mile, your slowest mile. You can share it with different people. And like, you know, Alex and I will go on a run together and like we can share anyway. So it's just cool. So I've been doing that. Um, and I'm starting to create a 10 K playlist that I will be sharing. And it is weird as heck. Mm -hmm. Like I, because because what I'm purposely doing is putting together songs that have like the right cadence or the right like BPM, like the right pace for running. And so it's like this really weird mix of music that's just bizarre. Anyway, I will share it and people I'm sure will have some comments, but it's been really working for me because the worst thing when you're trying to get into the zone, as you know, is like got this good music and it's pumping you up and it's the right pace and then something comes on that's just garbage and you're like oh this is the worst and I also completely agree with you about that first mile like for me I would say like the first five minutes of every run it's like I literally do not know how to move my body like my legs don't go where they're supposed to I immediately can't breathe I'm just like (laughs) how does this never get better and then as soon as you just like get past that like yeah first hump you're just like okay here we go now the endorphins have set in like your pace is you're doing something that makes sense but like swear every time I I start running I'm like have I ever run before it doesn't look like it anyway that's All right. exactly how I feel. All right, should um, we answer okay. some questions? Let's answer some questions. All right, so we had um, a few in our inbox from Muscle Science for Women. Um, yeah. And if you're not familiar with that, if you ever have questions, especially like longer form questions or any question for the podcast or feedback or whatever, um, you can send those to muscleScienceforwomen at gmail.com and it's the number four. Um, so yeah. We have, uh, let's see, I have it pulled up here. Um, we have a question about reverse dieting. Should we jump yeah. into that one? Sure. So Amy said, hello, just listen to your podcast on reverse dieting. Not sure which, which one that one was. That was. <laughs> but yeah, cool. Um, I was just I'm was. i sure it was smart <laughs> and full of yeah. good information. <laughs> Hopefully. No, it definitely was. Um, I was just wondering if I have been yo-yo dieting for a year or so, and now I want to start taking it more seriously with exact macros. Would you recommend to start with my TDEE for a couple of weeks? And if I start gaining on that, go into a deficit. Total daily energy expenditure. That's what TDEE stands for. Why don't you start? Because I just talked a lot, and then I'll I'll <laughs> I'll just say at the end of of what you say, I'll just say like, "Yep, same deal." Because I know you're gonna kill it. So why don't you just you go ahead? Um. So yeah, I mean, this is pretty much if you don't have like us, like know exactly where you're starting from, or like you've mentioned, you've maybe been struggling with some yo-yo dieting, just meaning kind of going in and out of deficits or even just in and out of like the restriction mindset right so maybe like in like from a mental standpoint you've been feeling like you've been restricting and going into depth into a deficit maybe yes maybe it's you know not the um well i just lost my train of thought because something's happening outside my window let me start over there Uh, they're like doing construction no it's just Uh. like construction and it was like I don't know, something just like smoked up. Anyway, hopefully I don't catch on fire. But continuing on, basically, yes, you want to start with just getting an idea of where you're at, right? Just with anything else when it comes to your 
like what you're consuming, having some objective data there. And we talk about this all the time. It's like, instead of guessing how much you're eating and like hoping for the best, start to track some things, start to just gather some data, some objective metrics so that you can use that to, you know, make decisions moving forward. Um, and so the question specifically was, would you recommend to start with my TDEE for a couple of weeks? And if I start gaining on that, go into a deficit. So the first part of that, I would recommend, yes, starting with your TDEE. So using, you know, a calculator or simply just tracking your food for two weeks and two to three weeks and kind of tracking your weight every single day at the same time each day when you wake up maybe adding in some body tape measurements there and just kind of seeing how things are trending over the course of like two to four weeks. I would say two is like the bare minimum. Um, Ideally like four weeks to really get a solid idea of how your current intake aligns with your expenditure throughout the day. Right. Um, And then the second part of that question, you said, if I start gaining on that, do I go into a deficit? I would actually say if you start gaining on that over say after four weeks, I would bring it down a little bit and try to spend time finding that maintenance, not just jump right into a deficit. Um, That is a big piece that a lot of people just kind of go past. They're like, they want, they're so gung ho about getting into the deficit and they're just not, they don't have the foundations in place first. Um, And this kind of comes at a good time because I actually had a whole conversation with my flex fam last night about this, about the foundational side of things. And that's the first kind of phase that I bring all my clients through, no matter where you're starting from. It's like, okay, even if you're a pro athlete and you're coming to me as a client, we're going to start in the foundations because I want to see like where you're at. And do you actually have the foundational things in place, the habits, the like, have you actually tracked your food before? Have you used a food scale? Like, are you doing this accurately? Right. Um, are you tracking your steps? All those things. Are you paying attention to sleep, to stress management, like all the foundational things that need to be there before you even think about going into a different phase. Um, and a lot of people rush into it. Most, I would say most people who start a diet rush into just eating less and trying to do more exercise or whatever. And they're trying to make changes on a foundation that's not there. And it's just a simple, simple thinking about like, you would never try to build your house on a crappy foundation, right? Because that's not going to last long. Yeah, maybe it lasts a little bit. But if you don't have those foundations in place, then anything else that you tried to build on top of it is just going to crumble. So yeah, maybe it takes a little bit longer, but in the long run, you're going to get so much more out of it. So my advice would be to do that is to spend some time at maintenance, finding your maintenance, right? Find your maintenance range, spend more time than you think you need there. And I mean like a few months, not just like a week, a few months, get comfortable there, get the habits in place um, and hire a coach if you need help with what those specifics are. Yep. So that's what I would say. As predicted, I'm just going to say, <laughs> yep, what she said. because, And I think too, because like one of the key things that she wrote in this email is like, after a year of yo-yo dieting. So your body is kind of like just trying to catch up, you know, like you've been doing presumably 
eating a lot, not eating a lot, eating a lot, not eating a lot all over the place. And your body is probably craving some like consistency and some consistent nourishment. And so you might be surprised at the gains, the positive changes that will be made simply by staying at maintenance and training the way you want to train and just making sure you're eating enough food and enough protein, right? And you may find Mm -hmm. that that's actually great and you want to stay there and you can make body composition changes there slowly and progressively, but in a less painful way than doing the deficit, right? Like we want to be in a deficit as little as possible. I mean, we've talked about this before, right? Like your your goal in life maybe shouldn't be like, how much food can you stuff into your body? But it is kind of within reason. Mm-hmm. Like how much food can I safely, healthily eat and achieve the goals I want to achieve, have a body that, you know, feels good and that I like? Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not how little can I eat and and achieve my goals. It's how much can you eat and achieve your goals? So maybe you find maintenance and you hang out there and you have a good time and build some muscle. Yeah. Sounds good. Exactly. And just to add one quick thing there too, it's like, if you are using a tracking app, like my fitness pal or chronometer, this is something that I was talking about with the ladies last night too, was like a lot of people go into those. And when they start tracking their food, of course, the app is going to like, you're going to go into it and you're going to say like, my goal is weight loss, or even if you put weight maintenance, it's going to shoot out a calorie and even macro targets for you. And nine out of 10 times, those calories are way lower than you should be aiming for right now. And so when you see that calorie number every single day, when you go track your food, that starts to like weigh on you mentally. And then you also start to like see that number. And if it's too low, then that can be a huge, just like mental block. So that's one thing that I was telling the ladies yesterday was like, don't set your my fitness pal. If you're trying to find maintenance, don't set your my fitness pal to 1500 calories because for most every single person, unless you're a very petite female, 1500 calories is not your maintenance. Okay. Yeah. Unless you're a very yeah. petite female and you literally walk 2000 less or less steps a day, like every single day. So don't set your calories there. Don't look at that calorie goal every single day and think that that's what you need to hit. And then you keep exceeding it every single day and you're still trying to shoot for it. That is a whole, that's a whole other part of the yo-yoing. It's like mm-hmm. we are stuck in this, you know, lower calorie intake from a mindset perspective. And even though we we're probably eating more than that, we see that number every single day and yeah. it's causing like this negative, this just negative loop of the negative cycle. Right. So that's the one piece of advice I would say is like set your calories higher. Right start there. Yep. And like, and what's the worst that, what's the worst that could happen? You're not going to gain 10 pounds in a couple weeks. Like yeah. maybe nothing happens. Maybe you feel better and have more energy. Maybe you gain a pound or two and you're like, okay, that's a little bit too much. So let's bring it back down. But like, exactly. We, we, we catastrophize this stuff. We're like, well, if what would happen if I ate more? Oh my God. I'm just going to blow up like a balloon. It's like, yeah. probably not guys. No. Um, there's a really similar question. I put the thing on Instagram the other day and someone asked a similar question that I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say out loud and see if we have anything sort of to add because I think like obviously a lot of these questions about reverse dieting, deficit, um, you know, maintenance calories, all of these things, we get so many questions that are like sort of very similar approaches to the same kinds of questions. And I think sometimes people just need to hear these questions asked in a million different ways until one of them really resonates with them. And then they hear the answer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so this person asks, is a reverse diet necessary in order to gain significant muscle mass? So it's an interestingly worded question because to me, it sounds like 
they're living in a deficit or something and they're asking, do I need to reverse out of it in order to build muscle? That's what it sounds mm-hmm. like she's saying to me. Does that, is that what it sounds yeah. like to you? Yeah. And yeah. So it sounds like she needs to, well, they, I, oh, sorry. I was just going to no, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do it. Do it. So read the question one more time. Just is, so a re- is a reverse diet necessary in order to gain significant muscle mass? So <laughs> it depends. But basically, if you are not eating enough food in general, if you're not fueling your body the way it needs to be fueled in order to build muscle, then you probably just need to eat more food. And yes, you could call that a reverse diet, especially if you're, you know, you've, you're in a deficit or you've been in a deficit for a while. But the like the main thing is just like eat more food <laughs> and yeah. pay attention to that and make sure that those the calories that you're consuming are coming from adequate amounts of protein, healthy carbs and fats, all that jazz. Um, and if you've been, sh- again, I'm not I'm, like, I'm not trying to, you know, what's the word plug our stuff. Like as, but coaches, you should a little but, bit, you should a yeah, little bit though. <laughs> but like, if you've been struggling with this stuff, you know, for a long time, Coaches ask help. for help, get yeah. help. Like you don't yeah. have to struggle with it alone. There's a lot of, and with this question itself, it's like, I, all these questions come to my head that I want to ask you. And I'm, I can't do that on a podcast. Obviously mm-hmm. that is what coaching is. It's like, I have, we both have this, the experience of working with so many clients and we know what questions to ask to get to the root of, okay, this is where we need to start. And this is where we build from. And it's like, everybody is so different. Everybody's so individual. You can't just like, I, we can give generic answers. We can give guidelines, but mm-hmm. If you've been struggling with this and you've been following some of those guidelines that maybe you've been listening to the podcast for a while and you still haven't seen changes, like it's again, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So listen, we're still, we're, we're giving good advice on this podcast, but there's a reason why the podcast is free and you pay for a coach because when you pay for a coach, we're actually learning about you and talking to you and getting to know you and giving you specialized answers. When you're asking a question, you know, for free on the podcast, we're going to give good advice, but it's going to be general and it's going to be high level. And we have to read between the lines here. Like with her, with her question, the way she's, she's wording it. If I read between the lines, which may not be accurate, but I know a lot of people feel this way. So I feel comfortable saying it. She's saying, is it necessary to do a reverse diet in order to gain muscle? What it sounds like to me is that you are hesitant or worried about eating more, but you want to build muscle, which again is an incredibly common challenge Mm -hmm. and question that I get from women clients who are saying, of course, I want to be toned. Of course, I want to build muscle and look good, but I have to eat more to do that. That freaks me out. And that's a very common sentiment still to this day. So that's what it sounds like. And then again, it's just like what we were saying in the last, the last thing, it's like, what's the worst that could happen if you have been eating in a way that requires a reverse diet, (laughs) that means you're probably not eating enough or enough that, you know, makes you feel good. And if you're asking this question, it's probably because you're not having a great time trying to build muscle on the current diet that you're on. So Mm -hmm. what's the, what's really the only most common lowest hanging fruit thing to try is try to eat a little bit more. Like the worst that could happen is you don't get the results you want and you're right back where you started, or you might have a ton more energy, be able to train harder, recover better, 
feel better and gain more muscle and look better. Like, you know, it's not. Yeah. We talk about it all the time too. It's like, and this is a, a question, a few questions we've got too about kind of just like hormones and hypothalamic amenorrhea and, and all this stuff. And it's like, if you just ate more food for a long period of time, it seems so simple, right? No. It's like, but that nine out of eight, nine out of 10 times for most women eating enough food for an extended period of time. And when I say extended, I mean, like, if you've been yo-yo dieting, if you've been in and out of deficits, if you've been in a deficit for a while, an extended period of time of eating more food to bring these things back to normal is not one month. It's six to 12 months plus yeah. of eating more food. Yeah. And it's like we talk, we, I feel like we literally say this every single podcast, but maybe this is the 20th time you've heard it and it's finally going to click. <laughs> that's what I'm hoping. Here's hoping. That's, yeah. that's what happened with me, right? Like going yeah. through this for years and years and like going, experimenting with all the different things. And like in my earlier years, it's like, I had to hear this multiple times for it to actually like stick and be like, oh yeah, maybe I should probably just eat a little bit more food for a little longer time and mm-hmm. see what happens. And then of mm-hmm. course, all the great things happen. So, yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, I love it. I think it's time for me to do a really, really smooth segue into a new um, podcast sponsor. And the segue mm-hmm. is just me saying that I'm segueing, but I will actually maybe throw this in because I've had a great segue. So smooth, right? <laughs> I was having a conversation with a client today who um, is in the military and she travels and she does all kinds of stuff where she doesn't have a ton of control over what she's eating, when she's eating, all this stuff. And that can be really stressful for people who like routine and care about what they eat, right? Understandably. And we were having a conversation about like snacks and supplements and things she can pack and non-perishables and stuff that, yeah, maybe isn't exactly what she wants to be eating a lot, but for short term for, you know, as a placeholder, these things can be really beneficial. And, you know, people can disagree with me. This isn't like a hundred percent written in stone fact that it's, right. It's just, I think it works and I think it works for me. So here we go. It's like using things like protein, protein bars, even if you find like, there's, you know, there's brands that do like meat-based bars, right? So instead of like fruit and nut bars, they're meat. It's like basically beef jerky, but in like a bar Mm -hmm. form, whatever, if you prefer that to things that have artificial sweeteners in them. But I personally, there's a, a couple different protein bar brands that I love. It's like eating a candy bar that happens to have 20 grams Mm -hmm. of protein win-win, right? Um, these things can, can work and they can find a place in your diet. If they work for you, if you digest them well, if it helps you get that little extra protein that you just have a really hard time getting in your, you know, regular diet. I mean, you and I obviously are huge fans of the protein ice cream. Like that's a delicious treat, but guess what it also is. It's 20, 30, 30 plus grams of protein more that we're getting because we're enjoying this special treat that we made with good ingredients. Right. So anyway, this is a rambling segue now, but (laughs) one of our new, uh, uh, sponsors is a company that approached us It's Canadian protein, canadianprotein.com and Americans don't fast forward through this because it also applies to you. It's an online website and you can order stuff through them. Um, but it's basically an online resource for like all things meathead. It's where I personally get my creatine. You know, people ask us about creatine all the time. Um, it's where I get all of my like fun flavored whey proteins. Like I think I remember the time that I made the one that was um, like the Ferrero Rocher, like the chocolate hazelnut yeah. flavored protein. You're like, dude, what? 
That was yeah. Canadian protein. Um, but they have any supplement you can imagine. They have greens powders. They have everything. And, you know, not to get too into the weeds with this, but I think you and I both know that the supplement industry, whether we're talking like supplement supplements or just things like protein powder, is not a very well regulated. It's kind of like the Wild West, especially in the States. Canada, we're like a little bit more on top of these things. So you do tend to have like a slightly better chance getting like good quality, transparent products up here. I'm just saying. Um, and you may also Americans take advantage of some of the like price pricing, you know, cause you know how much it sucks for a Canadian to shop in the States. It's the opposite. Like when you guys yeah. come here, you should just be like stocking up on everything that you want. So anyway, Canadian protein, I've used them for years. And it's funny that I never thought to go to them and be like, Hey, like sponsor us because everyone's always asking me about creatine and I use yours. Um, yeah. but Basically, they're on board. They love the podcast. They reached out through the podcast. And I said, hey, most of our listeners are American. They're like, that's cool. We we ship to them too. Like, we want to support you, which I thought was pretty mm -hmm. great. So basically, right now, um, they have free shipping deals. So it's $99. If, uh, in Canada, you get free shipping. $149 in the States, you get free shipping, which is pretty easy to rack up when you're like yeah. buying multiple giant things of protein powder like I am. <laughs> yeah, that one, um, yeah. They also have like every month they have like different deals and stuff, but basically we'll kind of keep you posted on like any special things, whatever. Um, we'll put the link in the show note, but basically it's a company that I trust that I've used for years. And really you can, you can take advantage. I'll figure out how to get you some like of the good flavored proteins because you will be your, your protein yeah, ice cream stack protein at. yes it will <laughs> it's gonna like be upgraded because the flavors they have are ridiculous and so that was my point earlier is like i feel like a lot of people again are very purist very black and white about stuff it's like i will not use a protein bar or a supplement and if i do it has to be the utmost quality and if that's if that's within your your finances if that's within your values that's great and there are tons of companies that are like you know, really whatever. And then there are companies that, that provide good quality products that like, maybe there's a little bit more fun injected because you can get a cinnamon bun flavor and you can, I don't know, like they have, yeah. have pre-workout if that's what you're into. Like they have all kinds of things that you can experiment with if you want to, that are good quality. Um, so it's worth checking out. So anyway, canadianprotein.com. Basically, I think we just, I think we benefit if you use our links. So if that's something you're interested in, we'll be posting them on social media. We'll put them in the show notes and like, please just have a peruse and look. And if you have any questions, mm -hmm. feel free to ask me. Um, but uh, so they'll be that's in the it. show notes of this podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So that's that. Um, anything else you want to talk about? Um, no, I mean, I'm excited. We have a few new sponsors coming on in the next few yeah. months, which we'll talk about mm -hmm. um, as we get there. But yep. yeah, it's exciting. And we're trying to just kind of, you know, branch out, of course, staying in line with the companies that we personally use and trust. And like you yes. said, you've been using Canadian protein for many years. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, of course, you know, at top of mind as we have sponsors who kind of approach us. Um, but yeah, we're trying to get out there a little bit more and mm -hmm. there's going to be some new things that come besides just protein and supplements, um, in the yeah. world. So I'm excited about that. Some very different stuff. And I think it's also worth noting, cause we can just toot our own little horns here that we have done literally zero outreach. These are all companies who are interested in us and our podcast and <laughs> the stuff that we're doing. Look, I'm just yeah. going to say it because that's, that's true. It's legit. Like there are a 8 billion podcasts. There are about four of them that are making a ton of money. <laughs> and then there's a bunch of us sort of in the middle who are like, 
we do really good work. We put a lot of information out there and we're just trying our best to like make this viable and make this fun. And it's really rewarding when companies find us and say, look, we see what you're doing. You're doing good stuff. We want to help you and be a part of it. And we think your audience um, is a good audience. So that's really what I'm hearing. And that's what I'm getting. And I love it. I love that there are people reaching out to us and, and want to be a part of what we're doing because we're kind yeah. of a big deal. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. All right. Cool. That's it. See you next time. Muscle size for women. Questions? Hit us up on the social media and yeah. the Gmail thing. I don't know why I'm doing this with my fingers, like playing the piano. So Helps. anyway, just you know, ending the podcast in the most awkward way possible. As always. that's how we do it. Bye. 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 Bye.